Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, featuring fresh and lively commentary on all things Primal, including Q&A sessions with Primal Blueprint founder Mark Sisson, special guest interviews hosted by Mark Sisson, and conversations with Primal Blueprint authors and other health and fitness experts. The show is presented by Primal Master Formula, the world's most potent multivitamin, mineral, antioxidant, and anti-aging supplement, available at primalblueprint.com. Past episodes are available for download or to review written summaries at blog.primalblueprint.com. And now, here's your host, L. Russ. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. Today we have Alan Meisner, host of the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast and head trainer at Forever Fitness. He recovered his fitness in his 40s and now teaches others how to do the same. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, Al. Thank you. So tell us how you, you know, when we talk about like recovered his fitness in his 40s, recovered sounds like it came from a place of, you know, a a darker (laughs) place. And, And I know you also, you know, part of what you teach and coach others on is also a primal lifestyle and, you know, way of eating. So I would love to hear how you arrived here and then, you know, became the host of this great podcast. Well, you know, I guess... I, I, you know, a lot of people will make decisions and the decisions that they make, they might be the right thing for the right reason, but eventually it leads you down a path. And so what I kind of found myself was I was, I was in my late thirties and, uh, my career was booming and that's where I'd focus. I'd say 99% of my attention was on my career. So my career was doing great and I was having no problems there at all. Uh, but my relationships and my health uh, were just getting worse and worse and worse. And it was the point where you go to the doctor and the doctor's like, you know, you're, you're not going to make it, you know, you got to do some things here. And so I I sat on the beach and thought about it, meditated about it and said, okay, I got to do something. So I made that decision. But when I kind of got out and started looking for what to do, you know, it was still heavy into the low fat, you know, do this, do that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, my body would break down. I wouldn't be able to do the things I was supposed to do. It wasn't it wasn't working. Um, so let me interject and say, when, when you, when you say something like the doctor being like, Hey, uh, you're not really going to make it. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, um, we can laugh now. We can laugh now, but, um, what does that, what did that manifest as? What does that mean? Just, you know, what was that scare? High blood pressure, high cholesterol, uh, you know, just bad numbers across the chart. And, so, you know, I would, I would do what everybody else has done, which is I'd try, and then I'd fail and then I'd give up and then I'd come back and try again. And so it was just these repeated yo-yo cycles of I might lose 10 pounds, but then I'd gain 20 and I might lose 20 and then gain 10. And it was just a back and forth for a number of years. And it was, I guess, around three or four years ago when I met my wife. And when I met her, it was kind of like a light came on. It's like, okay, because of watching her and the way that she uh, carried herself on with relationships, she she basically taught me how to, you know, disengage from work and focus on friends a little bit more, focus on her a little bit more, focus on family a little bit more. And so as, as I started building those relationships, I now had the second leg to the chair. I had the career and now I had the relationships. And the only thing that was really missing uh, and particularly now that I had these relationships was my health. And so I was, again, I went in with the doctor, I talked to a nutritionist and it, it was, it was very fortunate that I happened to find this nutritionist 
who introduced me to the paleo eating plan. She said, this is what you're going to do. Do this elimination diet, do that for 21 days, and then you can start reintroducing things. But here's how you want to do it. So I immediately left there and I got on online and started looking for information around this. And it was kind of funny, but I found like two or three podcasts uh, that I immediately loaded onto my phone and um, I found the website, Mark's Daily Apple. How nice. I actually did not know that before having that's, that's well, lovely. Yeah. And so so I, I credit I credit Mark with, with a lot of where I now finally was able to put the pieces together. And so as I started working that side of it and, and I, I agreed with what, you know, with the whole principles, but at the same time, I just really wanted to educate myself a little bit better. So I decided I would go ahead and go for a certified personal trainer. I had zero intention whatsoever of training anybody else but myself, but it's one thing to go say lift heavy. And it's another thing to really be able to execute on that. And I, I was, I was a little concerned going in because again, being over 40 at this point, at this point, you know, I was 47 is to say, when I get in the gym, I can't do the lifts and the things the way I, I did them when I was in my twenties, because my body just won't handle that kind of load that way. So I, I got my personal training. I got my corrective exercise, uh, specialty. I got my fitness nutrition specialty, which unfortunately was, was uh, rooted in uh, the, the normal FDA stuff. But um, I, I had my education on the food stuff from folks like Mark. And by this time, he had come out with his, the podcast here. So I was listening to that regularly. And so in, in going uh, paleo primal, I started dropping the weight. And when the weight wasn't coming off as fast as I wanted to, I, you know, found and kind of stumbled into this, okay, well, I can get myself all the way into ketosis. And when I'm in ketosis, I, I just shed fat. So then I, you know, you know, basically that's the story of how I kind of put that third leg, the fitness leg together. Um, and then, of course, when someone realizes you've lost 50 pounds, they start asking questions. Yeah, a lot of questions. And, you know, <laughs> and, and the reality is I go to them, I say, well, you know, I lost half of it in ketosis. And you tell them what that is. And they're like, oh, I could never do that. And I'm like, well, I lost half of it just doing a primal paleo lifestyle. And, and when they hear that, that I think that's a little bit more absorbable that they don't have to go to the extreme that I went to with the ketosis to lose it. You can get healthy and fit just with the primal lifestyle. I was just a little impatient. And so I, I pushed it into the ketosis and it works for me. I, I can go into ketosis relatively easily uh, now and, and handle it because I've, as, as Mark would put it, I'm a fat burner, uh, not a sugar burner. Yeah, and that and that also is really too harsh for a lot of people to start anything clean as this and then jump into ketosis, even within a couple of weeks. You got to give that a couple of months if you want it to be an easier transition. And I'm the same way too. But I personally thrive and feel best when I am the lowest carb possible over any period of time. It just it feels great for me. Um, in general, but yeah, it's, it can be so harsh. And, you know, like you said, now in your fat burner, you can kind of go in and out and it's, it's smooth and there's nothing harsh about it. Yes. So let's talk about, um, you know, 40 plus fitness. So, you know, what, what does that mean to you? I mean, obviously you feel like there's something different. You noticed it in your own training. Um, w- let's talk about that. What's your plan or how do you see it? Well, I think when you when you go into it and you're over 40, 
you're living a different life than you did when you were 20. And that's, that's one big difference. And so the things that are going to matter to you are very, very different. When I was, when I was in my twenties and I was playing semi-pro volleyball, um, you know, that's, that's what I wanted my training to be. I wanted to be better on the court. I wanted to be stronger. I wanted to look better, uh, to attract women. Uh, you know, now that I'm married and in my forties, well, that, that's not, uh, that's not me. I mean, I still want to be able to go out onto the sand and, and play volleyball, uh, and I know that I can be generally competitive with someone half my age, but I, I'm not I'm not wanting to push myself to the extreme of being able to play competitively. I just want to have fun when I play now. And that means not getting fatigued um, and that you know, I want to be able to do things when I'm older and realizing that, you know, I, I'm losing muscle mass every year if I'm not doing something to build or retain muscle mass. So. For me, it was about saying, okay, as I as I look at the world now, what are the things that really matter to me? And it's not so much that I want to be massively muscular or I want to be particularly lean uh, to play volleyball. It really is just a matter of finding that right mix of the things that you want. So I think it's one of it is that you just want different things. And then the second thing is it's a little harder to get there. Uh, so you have to practice patience maybe a little bit more than uh, – the 20 year old would because, you know, they, they're forgiven a lot of sins. Uh, it's still accumulative on their body, but we've already accumulated a lot of that. So we just don't have as much room to play with. Uh, and then there's just the recovery aspects of it. You're not going to recover from the workouts quite as fast um, as you did when you were in your twenties. Um, so you have to tone it down a little bit and, and get to really understand your body again, because like I said, you can't just approach the workouts the same way you did when you were 20. Uh, you'll break yourself if you do. Well, well, so no one wants to do that. So how, so what are the, you know, fitness modalities that matter? What is, what needs to be incorporated in your opinion in people over 40 versus the youngins? Well, uh, many of us in our forties have gone through uh, childbirth, uh, or we've, you know, at least had the family and we've been a little bit more sedentary. Uh, so as the result of all of that, we've, we've, obviously put on some weight. So, you know, getting a good uh, body composition through building lean muscle mass, because again, we're sarcopenia, we're going to lose some of that and just making sure that we're staying a nice, comfortable body fat. So we are going to want to work in uh, some high intense sprints and things like that to make sure that we're building, you know, that, that kind of metabolism, keeping ourselves up so that we're in that kind of shape. Now, beyond that, uh, you know, there's, some studies out there that, that indicate that uh, lean muscle mass and and strength particularly uh, are good signals for longevity. If your if your grip strength is going, uh, that's a signal that your body's starting to decline too fast. So building strength is extremely important important when you're, you're over forty. Um, and then the final one, one that I would focus on, and others is is mobility. You know, we're sitting at desk jobs. I, I know I was. Um, through listening to the different podcasts and listening to lifestyles of, of people who are taking care of themselves, you're realizing now getting an adjustable desk uh, could be one of the best things I ever did. And it, and it is. Uh, but just making sure that you're working mobility uh, every day, that it's, it's just a part of your everyday thing. So if I had to just wrap them up, I would say predominantly strength, lean muscle mass, and uh, mobility. Yeah, I think the strength training is so much more important, obviously, as you get older and bone density and everything else. And like you said, some of the other things, even as you go up and up. So it's always good to 
to make sure you do that. Even if you can't go on long hikes or whatever else, you know, everyone can get some weights and do things at home um, or with your own body weight. Yeah. Well, but, well, just like you put that, though, you can. I think that's the whole point is um, we talk about what your wants and needs are uh, that are different now. And if if you want to be able to go on the long hikes with your children and grandchildren, uh, like I just signed up for a Spartan uh, with a uh, beast with my daughter. And, <laughs> Good luck with that. Oh you know, and, and I've done a couple of tough mutters with her. You know, she's now 23 years old. And so, you know, I'll be 51. She'll be 24. Um, and we'll go do we'll go do this, um, this Spartan. And, you know, so don't don't tell yourself you can't just say I have to work to that point, because I can tell you when I was, you know, 45 years old, uh, I would not have been able to do the things that I'm doing now. Uh, but I now I can train for it. I know what I need to do to get ready for it. And so, yeah, that's going to be a different workout set for me. I am going to still focus on some strength, you know, muscle mass and uh, mobility, but I'm obviously going to need the stamina um, and some of the cardiovascular endurance uh, to be able to handle the task at hand. And so, I, you know, again, it's uh, I say these mod- modalities matter, but if, if you want something, if you want to play tennis, you need something a little bit more sports specific. So that's just a different modality that you would add to your program. But I would, just as a general sense, those three are kind of what I would call the core. When you're approaching and coaching people, I mean, what are some themes that you see a lot and, you know, 40 plus in terms of resistance or, you know, it's tough for them to really wrap their heads around, you know, what are some things that, you know, you've had to sort of climb over with some of your clients? Well, you know, 40 years is, is a good long time for you to develop kind of a self-image. And I've had clients that started seeing success and it scared them. And, and, you know, it's not something that I necessarily, I feed on success. When, I, when I'm doing well and I see myself succeed, it just kind of drives me. But I, I know I'm wired type A. That's the way I'm going to be. Some other folks are not. And so they don't see themselves uh, as gym rats. In fact, you know, a lot of the people that they see in the gym remind them of people when they were in high school that picked on them. And so they're not, they're, they're a little reluctant to want to step up and, and be present in those situations. And when they do see success, again, a lot of times that's just kind of the signal to them to back off. Um, I think the other side of it is, you know, they've ingrained a lot of patterns with the way they deal with their family and their food and and everything else. And so uh, saying no to those foods, now they're going to, they're going to seem weird and they're going to get questions. And, you know, you, you, you really don't like having your, your motives question when you say, no, I, I really, I really don't want that piece of bread. And they're like, well, but, you know, I made this just for you. And it's like, well, okay, I understand that. But please, this lasagna took me four hours. (laughs) I completely appreciate it. You know, so what do I do? I'm like, okay, and and I'll take a little bite of your lasagna. And I do. And I take that bite and say, oh, that's delicious. And then I'm, I'm, you know, sit and talk and let it get cold and then toss it out when she's not looking. Um, But, you know, I think that's kind of the thing is, you know, you have to you have to get comfortable with the fact that other people are not going to be comfortable with the change because you've been this person for 40 something years. Yeah. I like that you brought that up because, um, it's also, I've spoken with people who trying to rope in the significant other to do it with them as a 
two-part motivation. And then the problem with that kind of thing is that if one person fails, especially if the other person has to do it for their health, and if it's, you know, it doesn't have maybe a, yeah, everyone should, but you know what I'm saying, if someone's really trying to overcome something. And then that's kind of, uh, it's a little bit of cop-out excuse. I say, you know, the thing is, is that all of this takes willpower initially. And so don't you think it's like you, I, I'm like you in terms of feeding off success, but I find that having willpower in a scenario where that stuff is even around you is such an extra strength builder that I feel like it's something to even look forward to, not fret that the rest of your family might still be eating bagels or whatever. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, uh, we, uh, this last month, uh, for September with 40 plus fitness, we ran a sugar challenge and I, I challenged everyone to keep their sugar under 50 grams, which is, is still more than the world health organization recommends we eat in a day. Uh, but considering that most people are eating about three times that in a given day, um, you know, that that's, that's a pretty big cut. Now, uh, my wife went ahead and, and signed up and she did the challenge too. Uh, she's down one and a half dress sizes and has lost 10 pounds in the month for just, just taking sugar. Just out. from sugar. Wow. Yeah. Just sugar. And so, you know, I, I think again that, you know, that, that little incremental step. So if you're trying to get somebody else in this game with you, it's those little incremental steps where they start seeing that. Now, if that's an individual like us that's going to feed on success, then immediately they're going to like, well, I'm not going back to sugar. And then you can, then you can explain how the simple carbs are just another version of sugar. So if we can get those down, now now you're more into the primal eating of let's let's eat things that we're living and don't come in boxes, um, and that that kind of starts that that's that rolling gets the ball rolling and gets the snowball, and and once they see that, then it's it's easier and easier for them to start accepting different parts of the primal lifestyle. Um, aside from just taste and people favoring certain foods and not wanting to give up, you know, comfort, you know, pastas or whatever, wh- what are some of the classic or just sort of common objections that you've heard to the to the primal, you know, whether it be talking to someone about, you know, eliminating grains or some of the other components? I mean, what are some objections that you've gotten? Well, on, on the food, it's, it's just, you know, I can't do that because of family. I got the family in the house, you know, and the kids are going to have all the stuff around and, you know, the husband won't eat this. And, you know, I, I kind of take them back to this. I mean, if you, you come at this and say, why am I doing this? I'm doing this for my children. Okay, well, that, that's your wine. They're sitting there at the table with you. Um, so what are you doing feeding that crap to them if you know it's bad for you? And so I, I understand that kids are going to want to eat what kids eat, but there's plenty of kids that were brought up on vegetables and meat that don't even know there's such a thing as candy because their family says, well, fruit is candy. So occasionally if you want some candy, we'll, you eat a fruit. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of opportunities for them to, to look at the pic- big picture of why they want to do this. Uh, and, and each and every time they make a decision, uh, kind of live to that why. And so I, I always encourage folks, I say, okay, here's what you do. You, you go on Sunday and you cook, batch cook a whole bunch of food, okay, the, the healthy dishes. And then if your family's not going to follow you along, okay, then go ahead and, and make some cornbread and make uh, a, a starch. And, and, you know, put that on the table with the food that you're going to eat. And then their entree is your entree, which is healthy. And then they're going to eat this other stuff. And you go ahead and make yourself a big salad or, or you know, stir fry some stuff, some greens and whatnot. They're not going to want that. So you, that's all yours. And 
a lot of times that's what I would do if I were cooking and the people that are around me are not going to want to eat what I eat. And I don't want to make two meals. So I just make sure that the entree and at least one of the vegetable dishes fits my plan. And that's what I eat. Um, and so I, I think there's ways for you to work around it if you if you want to. And then again, it, it does come to you, you use the term motivation, but I would say it, it actually the word is commitment. So if you know your why, uh, then you have to commit to that why. And and then from there, once you've made that commitment, uh, it's not about motivation anymore. It's just that's who you are. Um, it's kind of like if you get married and uh, you say, you know, I do. And you do it because you're in love and you, that's your why. And then the real answer is, okay, well, are you going to start cheating on them because, you know, such and such is hot and you used to have that kind of girl? Uh, no, you're not. So it really is about making a commitment to the lifestyle uh, that you want to have, the vision of what you have and what you want for your family or whoever you're committing uh, for, what's your why. And then the rest of it kind of takes care of itself. But you, you can't be deterred by what other people think or what other people want. If, if you're really committed to what you want and need. Yeah. And for a lot of people, like you said, planning ahead really helps with that level of willpower, motivation and commitment. Um, doing it ahead of time, like you said, bulk cooking on a Sunday, um, even if it just means the meals that you're going to eat and then you're going to, you know, you cook for the rest of them daily, but at least you've set aside and you're you know, you're not, you're, a lot of people set themselves up for failure. And I think that that just has to be sort of discussed at the beginning. And you sound like you have a very no BS approach, which I really like probably you're <laughs> on the East coast. So that <laughs> so, makes sense. But I like that. Um, because, you know, a lot of people are just looking for excuses and it does take, let's talk about that. The other 171 hours. Um, let's get into that. <laughs> well, okay. I, I'm a, I'm a personal trainer. So when I train with someone, you know, we're, we're probably going to meet, uh, three to five times per week. And so I, I can, I can control what you do for, for those three to five hours, but the week has another 171 in it. And so what you do during that 171 is more important than what we're doing during this three to five. And the reason I say that is uh, if you're not sleeping well, if you're not eating well, if you're not managing stress properly, uh, everything we do in the gym is 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 just treading water. We're not going to get anywhere. So I, I always really work with my clients to one, let them know that we can't we can't work off a bad diet. We can't work off bad sleep. And so they really need to be making strides to improve in those areas as well. And I'll often provide them with resources on how they can do that, you know, such as uh, the primal eating and, uh, you know, how they can, you know, do some things to improve their sleep quality. And, and then again, just manage stress through things like meditation and yoga. Uh, I don't, I'm not a yoga instructor, so they'd obviously be going to someone else for that. But, you know, just making sure that they're doing the whole thing, not just thinking I'll go to the gym and lose this weight um, because so many people approach it that way. You know, they go in in January and they hit the treadmill and every day for three weeks they might be on that treadmill and then they're not seeing the results and they're actually getting hungrier uh, because they're doing the chronic cardio. Well, they're trying. They're trying. They're yeah, eating so salads all they're week. Saying, I'm going to have a salad <laughs> for lunch and I'm right. going to have this. Yeah, and then they go after work and they work out and they, they go out and, you know, for an hour, they kill themselves on a treadmill or elliptical. And then they, they can't stand it because all evening they're just 
They're just pigging out because they're starving because the chronic cardio is just basically messed up their whole metabolism, wanting, making them want to go ahead and crave that sugar and get more sugar. And, you know, so they just start overeating in the evenings uh, and, you know, they're just really kind of digging themselves in a little bit of hole. So again, that's another reason why I really am a, a big proponent of the primal lifestyle is, you know, just do the slow, enjoyable walking, you know, get, get around, do some things. And particularly if you can do it outside where it's going to help you reduce some stress every once in a while, run like you're running from that bear. Um, and then, so you're doing some sprints and, and then lift heavy things. And if you, if you're following that as a general course of action, uh, the rest of it's going to fall in place, you know, getting then getting good sleep and, and the stress management. Uh, you know, those are the only two other pieces of the puzzle uh, that you put together. Uh, and then you've really got something going. Uh, as you were talking, um, I, that might be the case for me because a bear for the first time since the 19th century wandered over the freeway and is now in my mountains. <laughs> so I might be running from a bear very soon. <laughs> they spotted it at all the hiking trails and we're like, damn. Um, yeah, but, uh, or a truck. Um, you know how for like older generation, it was, you know, where were you when Kennedy was shot? And then probably the the next one was, you know, where were you on 9-11? And not that this subject is at all that grave or sensational, but where were you? What was the moment that you, because everyone, I think yeah, everyone has this, at least from my experience, that you realized you were f- a fat burner when you had made that transition, because obviously there are wonderful quote symptoms of that, you know what I mean? And so can you, can you tell us what those things were when you made that transition and then the, the ahas from that? Well, I had made the plans to run the first tough mutter with my daughter. And as, as I was kind of signing on for that, uh, I was I was nowhere near ready. You know, I'd been on I'd been on Paleo Primal, and had, like I said, I'd lost about half the weight. Uh, but in thinking that I needed to, ca- I was still going to end up carrying well over 230 pounds um, through those obstacles and those runs. Uh, I just knew that wasn't necessarily going to happen for me. Uh, so I I started really pushing down and, and getting into ketosis, uh, and and literally dropped just a, a ton of it really really quickly. And so I, you know, I went and did a short little run, uh, one of the, um, what's it called? The warrior dashes, uh, with some friends and my wife. And, you know, so just basically an easy, casual thing. And it was funny cause here I was, you know, maybe four months later, uh, and I dropped, uh, you know, 30 pounds. And so here I was, I was 200 pounds, which was the first time I've been up 200 pounds since I was 32. And, uh, felt really good and had when I went through the tough mutter, I literally had more energy than I knew what to do with. You know, I got through with that run. I was tired, but I was just like, you know, I just did 12, 13 miles and 25 uh, different, uh, you know, obstacles. And I really, I only missed one obstacle. I, I fell off the rings. It was the only obstacle I missed. And, and there, there were some tough ones out there that, when I first walked up to him, I'm like, well, this, this I'm probably going to struggle with this one. But I, I got through all of them and, and was and did it in really good time. In fact, my wife wasn't ready for me to finish because everybody had told her it was going to take me four hours to do it. And so she was thinking four and a half because I'm older. We got it done in three and a half. And, and so, yeah, it was, you know, it was, it was really nice. I had a great experience with my daughter. 
you know, for me to one, not only be able to keep up with her, but, you know, basically kind of be on even par with her to where at times she, you know, may have struggled a little bit to keep up with me. Uh, so it was, it was fun and it was, it was something I felt like I really pushed myself, but I got through with that run and I look at the pictures of it and I'm like, that's what a fat burner looks like. And, uh, you know, I hadn't lost all of it yet, but, uh, you know, cause I still, I still carry maybe a little bit more in the belly than I wanted to. So I'm not six pack ripped, but, um, it was one of those things where I said, you know, uh, when I'm in ketosis, I feel good. I'm able to perform well. And, uh, you know, this is, this is the lifestyle I want to be in. And so I wouldn't say that I do it all the time. Every once in a while I sit there and say, Hey, you know, I just want to go have some beers and enjoy myself. And yeah, that's going to put me out of this for a little while. But, uh, you know, it's the social aspect of, you know, I want to keep that balance. I'm going to keep the three legs of the stool, uh, you know, even. And so every once in a while I'll go off and say, I'm going to, you know, I'll go ahead and do a little bit of this. Cause it's not, you know, it's not something that's going to throw me so far out that I just lose it. And, you know, then I, when I'm ready, I go right back in and cut it back again. Nice. I love that you uh, not only kept up with everyone, but you didn't, I mean, obviously that's a tough course. You would have been exhausted and fried mentally if you had been a sugar burner <laughs> probably after that. Or you would have need to have like kept drinking Gatorade throughout the thing or gel packs or whatnot. But instead you probably just ran on nothing except for your ketones and fat reserves. And and that was the whole thing. You know, they had, they had a Gatorade stand and had water and I was watered all the way through it. And no, no problems with energy at all. And so, um, you know, obviously ketosis is not something for everybody, but if you get down to a pretty low carb, uh, your, your body's going to become very efficient at burning both. And, and I know that people can operate on both, uh, effectively, uh, if they're managing their carbs down, uh, they'll have no problem burning the carbs that they have and then starting to go into fat stores when they need to. Uh, without bonking, obviously you you might struggle to do the longer endurance runs if you're still somewhat of a, a sugar burner, if that's still kind of a part of your fueling. Uh, but I had no problem at all, and so I didn't have to do any carbs. Uh, and it was kind of weird because I think it was the first time I've done something long in endurance, and I didn't carb up the night before. You know, the the old adage was back when I ran marathons in the '90s was, oh, you've got to do a carb night. So let's go hit the pasta bar and, you know, just go nuts. And um, I, I didn't I didn't carb up for this one. I, I actually had a nice steak and <laughs> some vegetables the night before and uh, a good uh, eggs and bacon breakfast. And I was good to go. That's great fat dosing right before the <laughs> event. That's excellent. <laughs> I love it. What um what else have you learned along the way that you'd like to share with our listeners? You know, you coach people, you train people. Um, what are some other tips or ideas for people over 40 to think about? Well, I think when you when you go to approach anything like this, particularly if you're going to approach your training, um, you have to you have to look at it from through, through basically three perspectives. OK, the first is you're going to have to stick to it if you want results. This is not something, particularly when you're over 40, that you're going to go into the gym one or two times and suddenly just start seeing these great results. Uh, it's going to take some time. So you need to be persistent and keep at it. Uh, follow a program. Know why you're doing what you're doing and have the focus when you're doing it. So that persistence and focus really matters. And then beyond that, you need to progress, which means that you need, to, if you're going to lift heavy things, uh, each and every lift, each time you try to lift, you need to be working on a progression to try to increase that so you can see the benefits of getting stronger and adding more mass. Uh, because at some point you will plateau uh, but 
continuing to progress and, and add that progressions to it, maybe changing up things from time to time, just to make sure that you're giving your body what that stimulus it needs to grow. And then the other is patience. And, and that comes in two different forms. One is uh, it, it's going to take you longer to get results than it was when you were. So you just have to realize that this is a long game. Uh, and then the other side is uh, make sure you're getting adequate rest uh, in between the work so that your your muscles and your body has time to heal uh, and get ready for the next workout. And, and that's really it. You know, uh, persistence, progression, and patience are kind of the three keys uh, to a fitness program if you really want to see results. I love it. Um, I also feel like, too, you know, if you're over 40, you've had that <laughs> double the years of a 20-year-old of crap eating and lifestyle, you know, maybe you were a smoker throughout your 30s, you know, or whatever those things were in life. And now if it's time to, like you said, happen to you recover your fitness in your 40s, there's going to be some detoxing and some hormonal signals that I have to get back into shape. Like, you know, it's not just I don't think, you know, because that I wouldn't want to attribute it to just like, oh, well, you're older, therefore, it's going to take longer. That's part of it. But it's also that other factor, right? I mean, our nutrient deficiencies and things like that, that have uh, gone over time and, you know, potentially potentially some candida or just, you know, bad gut health. And, you know, all that stuff takes time to restore. And so it's like, it's, it's no matter what, if you're going from a crappy lifestyle, it's gonna, it's gonna take some time. Yeah. And, and I know, you know, most of us around this age, we're, we're funding college educations for our kids and we're, you know, trying to look towards retirement and, uh, you know, we still have the mortgage and we still have all the other expenses. Uh, so we're, we're spending a lot of money, uh, investing in things and people around us, uh, but take some time and, and money and spend it on yourself. Get get the blood tests, you know, get the gut checks if you need it. Uh, you know, really get down to know your body. There, there's so much good science out there now that wasn't out there 20 years ago that we need to take advantage of. And uh, you know, I was talking to one longevity doctor. Uh, the one what he wrote a book I was I was interviewing for, and he basically said, you know, it's it's not. He said the the actual death rate is is 100. You know, so everybody's going to die. It's just a question of when and how. <laughs> and he said, so what you should be focused on is not how long you live, but the quality of the years that you have. And so that's really what this is all about: is saying, you know, if we don't fix ourselves when we're in our 40s and 50s. Uh, we're going to suffer worse through our 60s and 70s if if we even make it that far. And so, you know, my why uh, for what I'm doing is my family and my wife. I mean, you know, I'm, I meet this wonderful woman. I happen to be in my mid-40s and I'm like, you know, I don't want to die when I'm 50 and I only had five years with this wonderful woman. I want to have 45 years with this wonderful woman. So how do I, what do I need to do now to make sure that I have 45 good quality years in front of me. And what that was, was that's, that's, I got to get a handle on the exercise, got to get a handle on the food. And I've really got to focus on the blood markers and the gut biome and all those different things to get myself as healthy as I can possibly get. uh, So I don't suffer and I'm strong enough to be able to do what I need to do. I've got the mobility and balance and everything that I need to be successful uh, in older age. And by successful, I mean, able to get up and able to wipe my own butt you know, that kind of successful. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you're, if you're shooting for that, that's a pretty low bar. <laughs> no. When you're 90 years old, you know, that's, that's a thought process you have, you go through. I mean, you know, I, I, you know, I have grandparents. Uh, my grandmother died when she was uh, 89. 
my grandfather's 94 and he's still kicking and he's doing okay. And so uh, not that I believe I've necessarily inherited longevity genes per se, but, you know, my mother and my father are both still alive and I'm 50 years old. So, you know, 67 and 65 years old, I think, wait, no, she's 69 and he's probably 72. So no, and just realize, yeah, that, that, you know, my parents, my grandparents are all living these long lives and they're, they're taking care of themselves. Now, um, I, I want to make sure that my final years are just as healthy as they are now. Yeah. It's really time for everyone to get with the program, step it up. I have, um, a lot of friends my age, I'm, you know, 43 and a lot of people who just have let it go and not been exercising all these years. And I've had a couple of them express to me, they're like, you know, I just, I feel old. And uh, I'm like, ah, oh, that's that's just not good at this. I mean, you, you can feel young for so long. And my grandmother lived till she was 98 and was killing it and dancing in high heels until she was 90. And I mean, you can really be in great shape. There's that wonderful story about this woman who's a 90 year old bodybuilder. Anyone can Google that. And uh, she's really inspiring. You know, she's just looks amazing. So it's completely is completely possible. How can we find you other than um, well, you've got the 40 plus fitness podcast. Um, tell us how we can connect with you on social media and otherwise. Okay, well, you can go uh, to the website 40 plus fitness podcast.com. And I, I did a special page for you guys. So uh, 4plusfitnesspodcast.com forward slash Primal Blueprint, uh, just one word. Uh, and that'll take you to a landing page that I did just for you guys that kind of gives you all the social links and lets you know what's going on um, in my world. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook. I have a group. Uh, it's the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast group. Uh, you can find me there. And um, again, I, I, I do the podcast. It's on iTunes. It's on Google Play. You know, anywhere that you would be listening to this podcast, uh, you should be able to find it. Great. Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Eller. I'm really glad to be here. Thank you. Hi, folks. Mark Sisson here. And I'd like to tell you about my biggest undertaking yet, the Primal Health Coach Program. My mission is to create a global network of primal health coaches to help transform the health and consciousness of our communities into ones of optimal wellness and happiness. Becoming a primal health coach empowers you to take your primal passions to the next level and embark on a career you love, inspiring others to live lives of vitality and lasting wellness. If you dream of a career in health coaching but have been held back by worries such as the investment of time and money, then I encourage you to hesitate no longer. Health coaching is the fastest growing specialty in all of coaching. And we've created an online education program that allows you to learn from the comfort of your own home and at your own pace. We also have payment plans available, so you can start immediately for just a dollar down. The world needs primal health coaches to provide a blend of ancestral wellness solutions to the modern health crisis. The world needs you. Are you ready to become one of the world's most trusted, experienced, and knowledgeable health coaches? To learn more about this online certification program and to take the first step toward a career you love, visit PrimalHealthCoach.com and subscribe.